Hello and welcome, dear friends. I am Nicole Beecham, and this is the Energetic Pathway Podcast, Journey Back to Yourself. I invite you to join me each week as we explore stories, insights, and resources through the lens of vulnerability and authenticity with a little bit of humor along the way. Let's dive into today's topic together. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Energetic Pathway podcast. So we took a week off last week for some much needed self-care and so that Brock could get feeling a little bit better as well physically. But we're very glad to be back with you guys today. Brock, how are you? Yeah, so good. Um, Strangest health stuff that I've ever had in my life, but grateful to be back around. Um, Especially with the topic this week, I'm I'm excited for kind of what we're going to dig into. It's something that's been a big part of my story. Yeah, it's like this is one of the topics that from the very beginning we brought up that we wanted to cover because of it being a key part of your story and a part of my story. So I'm excited to talk about it. So let's do that. Let's jump in and we're going to start discussing mostly what does it look like to identify safe and unsafe people? What does it look like when those safe people no longer feel safe to you anymore? Because I think that we've all had that. We're like, they were safe for a season. And I just kind of want to start out pivoting it to you, Brock, and be like, what does what does that mean to you? Like when we say safe or unsafe people, what does that mean? And how do you know the difference? Yeah, I think... I mean, that, that last part of that question is something that is still a work in progress, but um, safe and unsafe people is just language around this concept of, um, especially, right, in my life as a verbal processor, I, l- I love, if somebody asks me a question, I will share anything that they want to hear, right? Uh, especially early on, there was a no filter. I wanted to be honest. I wanted to be transparent. I wanted to be my true self and just really... If somebody wanted to know what's going on in my heart, I'd share it with them because like, hey, they care enough to ask, right? And so it just felt like if somebody asked me questions or wanted to be around, that meant that they cared and they they wanted to bear my story and they wanted to be present with me. And what I found out, right, is that's not the case, right? Um, That there are people who I had the pleasure of being around that were safe, right? There are people that would steward that. They would keep it confidential, right? They would ask the the right questions. They wouldn't change their perception of me. They wouldn't, right, try to manipulate or take control or power dynamic in a relationship. But there was sadly a lot of people that they would do that, right? So this idea of an unsafe person, right, is somebody who, man, they always share it, it your your life becomes drama and gossip for them, right? It becomes something that they can use to create interesting stories to share with other people. Or it's where, right, something goes on in your life and somebody else comes up and talks to you about it. You're like, how the heck do you know that? Why do you know that? You shouldn't know that, right? Like, and that happened for me in college, right? There'd be people where I would share information with or I would just try to process and, and be present with that would immediately make it a big deal, right? Or I lost friendships because, hey, like I'm having a hard time with like my faith journey and my religion or with my perception of this friend. And it's like, bam, 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 just like write you off or use you as an example or publicly shame me, right? And it's, I don't know, it's just something that's really interesting of that causes you to really shut down from people in general when it's like, no, like the issue is that that was just an unsafe person. Right. And so it's, you don't 
some for me early on, right? You didn't know until you experienced the person being a dick, right? But like later in life, you start to figure out patterns and rhythms of people where they're at. And like you said, it changes with seasons, right? Somebody who's your best friend in one season becomes maybe not so much later, right? Or the other way around. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think that that's true, especially the holding things in confidence. Like I think that when you're sharing with a safe person, you don't have to worry about them going and talking about it with other people. Like they just, they don't do that, right? Like that's what makes part of the reason that makes them safe. It's like they don't do those things. Yeah, would you say, right, like is a safe person somebody who's just innately like kind of in a healthy space, right? They they know how to foster a story or is it somebody that, right, like you're able to bring to an understanding, right? Is it is it on you to help make somebody safe, right? By giving them expectations, by giving them kind of how I want to be loved or is it something where those people are kind of just naturally that way? Yeah, there's not a cut and dry answer. Um, and I'll just share what I think, what I believe, what I've seen in my life is at one point in time, we've all been that unsafe person for someone. And that may be like due to our own needs or our own drama or our own needs to fit in, like whatever it is, like we all have, and it may have been when we were very young, but we all have those experiences where we're like, why did I say that? Like, why did I share that? Like, whatever it is. So I don't think it's innate. I think actually we live in a society where that's rewarded and it's kind of interesting that that's the case. And I see this even sometimes, um, in professional relationships. And so there's just people talking about other people. And in my opinion, it's an energetical vibration. So like we all are at different energy levels. And when I say that, I don't mean introverted versus extroverted or hyperactive. I mean, like we just all are at different energetic levels. And sometimes when we're matched with the same energetic level, we can feel safer and then what what may happen is we may grow and that may be through therapy that may be through the loss um growth typically comes through pain through loss through difficulty and so you may grow a lot and then this person that you used to think is safe they're still acting the same way they're still doing the same things but you're no longer an energetic match for them and so those same things that they were doing no longer resonate with you mm-hmm. does that make sense oh yeah so that's how I look at it. It's like there's energetic shifts all the time. And I don't think that it's like an innate thing. I think it may be easier for people who it may be easier for people who came from healthy, you know, relationships with their family and like healthy friendships and stable environments. And it may be something that they just know because they've lived it right for so long that it's easier for them to hold that safe space but at the same time, I've seen people that came from those type of environments that can't hold safe space. So it it really just depends on the person and how far along they are on their own healing journey. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point, right? Like, um, I think there's sometimes where it can be a general painting of a person, right, as safe or unsafe. But like that that language that you're that you're talking about, this energy, right? Um, that's something that fluctuates even daily. Right. Like I, I think probably one of one of my memories that it just like hits me in the gut every time I think about it. I had this friend, so super dear friend, and they were just pouring their heart out. There's just this just crazy thing that happened. 
Um, and me and my wife, I, I had been sharing with her and kind of like, I'd made it gossip of like, Hey, I think that this thing's going to happen. And I don't know why he's doing this and yada, yada, yada. And like, so he's now, now the, the, the situation happened and he's telling me all this. And so I go and I immediately start texting my wife, this big paragraph, immediately telling her I'm right. And I can't believe it. And he, he sends, he sends a message to me. Hey, please don't tell anybody. And I hit send on my message. Well, guess who I sent my message to? I sent it to him. And so this message that I had made telling my wife all this stuff, I, I now couldn't lie and tell him, oh, I won't tell anybody because I literally sent the message to him. He's like, that wasn't intended for me, was it? I was like, no. He's like, that's a really, that's really shitty. I can't believe you just did that. I was like, honestly, man, like, I can't believe I just did that either. I have no, I have no words. I like, I'm so sorry. He's like, no, like, I trust you. I trust that if you wanted to share something with her, it was because it was for my good. And he's like, I trust you. I'm like, man, I was such an unsafe person. And this person in this moment gave me grace, right? Where it's like on the opposite side, like, I don't, I would not have taken that well, right? And so it's just an interesting of like, even me, who I think is the most safe person in the world, because I have the highest opinion of myself, right? Is, is not safe, right? And so how, how do we, how do we like, like my friend in this story, right? How do we rebuild trust in relationships that maybe they, they were at that lower energy, but then they came back up, right? It's like, I think a lot of times as we do life with people, we run into these, these moments where we don't match up, where you're, you're going from safe to unsafe. And it's uh, maybe this is a moment I should share. And it's my only person I need to bring it out. But it's like, man, they're not at a place to receive it. And then later again, they are right. Like how, like how do you navigate what that looks like in your relationships? Yeah. I think one thing to say is like, you're still a safe person. So like, even though like that happened, like you're still a safe person. And so I think you're also looking for consistency. So, um, I wasn't going to share this example, but I will. And this is a great example, like safe for a season. So I was seeing someone, um, professionally like a therapist and like this person was very safe for me for a while and then I just started feeling in my body every time I went to go I started shaking head to toe like shaking head to toe and so given my childhood and my past I'm sitting here thinking well this is me this is my issue this is my trauma clearly something's wrong with me because there's this person that I love that I adore who's helped me through so much like if I'm feeling nervous to go it's my fault and looking over the last several months before that, I was able to see trends and patterns and trends. And I just realized this person wasn't safe for me anymore. Now, does that mean that she's not a safe person? No. Does that mean that she's not safe for anyone? No. It's just our our vibrational energy didn't match up anymore consistently over time. And my body, I was physically feeling in my body this is not good for me. This isn't good for me. This isn't safe for me. And I started to realize, and I'm just sharing this in case it's helpful, that that relationship was the only thing that was really disruptive in my life. And I'm like, hold on. I love my job. Love what I do. I'm doing well. But this relationship has me so uneasy that I'm dysregulated. 
and I'm afraid to go. And when I do go, I don't know exactly what I'm going to receive. Like it was just hard for me and my nervous system. So it all depends upon you listening to your body, which that may be easier for like you to do or for me to do because we've had experience and training and listen to your body. But if you talk to someone who hasn't gotten comfortable with their body, who hasn't trained themselves yet in listening to their body, that's overwhelming. You're basically saying, you know, listen to your body, but they don't know how to do that. Or there's an inability to distinguish between what is your nervous system reacting out of trauma versus no, really, this isn't safe for me. So I don't know if that completely answers your question, but I think it's like consistency over time, like being able to see consistency and then trusting your body. And I'll tell you what happened. I made this decision. It was very, 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 very hard for me, easily one of the hardest decisions of my life. And I have not been dysregulated since. Now, I'm not going to say I haven't had grief because I have. It's painful. It's sad. But I've known to my core it was the right decision the entire time. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Like whenever you slow down enough to understand yourself, it's it's not a mystery. These things aren't a mystery, right? It's only a mystery when we're going at such a fast pace, especially in Western culture, right? Where it's don't look inside, just keep on going and achieving and performing compared to everybody around you, right? Like it's easy to say, well, I'm just going to keep on going and going through the motions and I don't know what I need and I don't know what I want. I don't know why I'm dysregulated all the time, but these acts of slowing down and just listening, oh, there's a reason that I'm shaking. Oh, there's a reason that my legs won't sit still whenever I'm around this person. And it's, it's not because I'm, I'm enjoying it, right? Like it's, it's because I need to get out, right? Like I think that's really, that's really helpful, Nicola, like as we're processing, right? What makes someone safe, right? We've talked about <clears throat> right through the podcast, a lot of these internal, right? pressures on regulation or dysregulation, right? We've talked about historical pressures. We've talked about maybe now some some relational, right? More of these external pieces where I think that's where a lot of people, they get uncomfortable is when it becomes something they can't control, right? It feels like I'm just at the whims of everybody around me or all the people around me are shit or they don't care or, and it's, it's like, I think, there's this moment where, okay, we need to be able to see if, if a situation is good and listen to ourselves. But I think there's also spaces of like somebody can only be known as trustworthy, right? As safe. If you allow them an opportunity to be right, there is that risk in relationship and sharing your story and sharing part of your heart that that is the unknown. Right. And I think, I think that's where for a long time, like I would use that as an excuse, like in the hurt, I would be like, oh, well, it was just because I had to try. Right. And I would allow myself to stay in something toxic way too long. But I, th I think, I think there is a reality of there is a little bit of pain and growing in the way that we seek people out and the way that we understand how people can interface with our story. That is just a part of life. Yeah. And I'm glad that you said that because I, there's a distinct difference. There's being in a relationship, and when I, when we say relationship, and I know you know this, Brock, we're talking about romantic relationship, friendship relationship, professional relationship, whatever relationship it is, relationship in a broad perspective. If you're in a relationship 
there will be times when you let each other down. There will be times when you share something, you take a risk to share something and they can't meet you the way that you want them to meet you. Um, we're humans. We're all humans. And there will be times when you let yourself down because we also have a relationship with ourselves That should be the most important relationship we have um, outside of your relationship with you know, God or whatever you believe in in those areas. But where the issue comes in is when we stay in those relationships that we know to our core we shouldn't be in. And we do that for a lot of reasons. One, it could be out of fear. Like, and that came up a lot for me. I was like, I don't want to be alone. Like, this is the person I go to and talk to about everything in my life. Um, and it can be like, I don't want to be alone, like a romantic partner. Like, so we stay with that person. And it can be, I want to stay because I can see how good this can be. And that's something else. We can do that. We can project our desires onto the other person. And we can also see their holiness, their goodness, the light within them, the love within them, even if they can't see it for themselves. So we can hold this idea of what we know they can be. And what, what I think you said that's key is we have to slow down. And one of my friends asked me when I was talking with her about everything that was going on, she said, I just have one question for you. I'm like, great. What is this? And she said, have you ever left a relationship too soon? And I'm like, no, I've left like many years too late. <laughs> so it's that, like, that's, that's a wise question. Yeah. And immediately I just, I was like, no, I can trust myself. And that's the thing we, we are all different. And there are people that I do not consider to be safe for me. And I don't try to spend time around them. Um, and I'm not saying they're not safe for other people, but they're not safe for me. They're not who I need to be around. They pull my energy down. And so I think that's something that we kind of look at is like, when you know, we all have people like this, when certain friends message you and they ask to go to dinner, stop, pause and see what your body says. That'll start giving you an indication of the real nature of that friendship and whether or not it's truly, again, nothing wrong about this person in alignment with you and where you are. Yeah, that's, that's super challenging. Um, because I know the exact emotions that you're telling us about. Right. And I've, and I've gone to those dinners. Um, and it, and it's, I think, I think the thing that's interesting for me, right. Is when I see, right. This concept of unsafe people, right. With an individual, it's easy to ghost people these days, right? You can you can say I'm too busy. You cannot respond to a text, right? And sometimes that's malicious, and sometimes it's not. People just forget, right? But you can kind of you can kind of distance yourself from someone if they're unsafe. But it's whenever it's a group of people, right? Whenever it's a it's a friend group or it's family, right? Family members, a lot of times, right? Things that you can't escape are things that are just this culture that you're surrounded by, right? It becomes a lot harder to get out. Peer pressure is a real thing, right? Like, what you does can't that escape look like? It. You yeah. can't escape it. And that's what I want to say is like, we feed ourselves these scripts. We say like, well, we mm -hmm. can't escape it. And if we leave this group of friends or if we don't talk to our family, then we're not going to have anything. And like, we're going to be alone. That's not how the world works. So the way that 
the world works, and this took me a long time to believe or understand, is we really do have to leave situations that are no longer aligned for us in order to call in what is an energetic match for us. So, and I hate to say this because I used to hate hearing this. If you find yourself in a situation where most of the people you interact with are draining your energy or are responding to you in ways that are hurtful or are ignoring you or, you know, they're talking about drama and gossip and, you know, you feel like in order to fit in, you have to do that as well. You're going to continue to attract that kind of energy because you're basically communicating to God, yourself, the world. Hey, I like being around people like this. Send me more. Send me more of this. So until we get right with ourselves and be like, no, I'm not doing that. And I'm here to say that involved me walking away from most of my family. That involved me going through a divorce. That involved me leaving a therapist who was like a mom. Like these aren't easy paths, but it's like the peace you feel when you do that, when you honor yourself is so much better than what you're doing, which is abandoning yourself over and over again in these relationships. Yeah. And I, I think like, I always want to echo that too, that like, it doesn't have to stay that way. Like we choose for things to stay and you can choose differently. I think the thing, right. That I can empathize with is if somebody says, Hey, I've got this group of friends. We're all best friends. We all go hang out. We go do these things together. But there's always, there's that one girl in our group, right? There's that one, there's that one guy in our group that, man, I just wish they didn't show up, right? Like I've heard that story over and over again, right? What, what would you say for a person in that, in that position, right? Where a safe space, lots of people that they love and that are connected to becomes tainted by something, but the, but the value of giving that space up just doesn't feel like it's worth giving away, right? Like how, how would you navigate a situation like that? Yeah, I think that I would choose me first. And that's a hard thing to say when we live in an environment that says to do the opposite. But I would have to get to the point where when I got invites, I would be like, hey, my system, it doesn't feel well for me to be around this person. So I'm willing, I love you guys. I'll come hang out with you guys. But if this person's there, I can't come. Or I would only go if I knew like, like if 50 people were going to be there. Okay, sure, I'll go but I would probably try to stay away from that person. And again, that just goes back to, we cannot change people. We can't change people. It's not our job to change people. That's actually very unkind and unloving to try to change people. So if it's someone who's not a match for you, and I've done this, like I have not gone to, I'll call them professional events to keep from like giving away too much information that I shouldn't be giving away because I don't want to be around someone that I know is going to be there and my energy does, it doesn't feel right to me. So we have to ask ourselves and some days, you know what, I may be in a pretty good headspace and I know that I can go and be in that environment and I'm going to be fine. And then I'm nice to that person, but I'm not just like sitting there connecting or sharing my heart with them or sharing. And I think that's something that's important for us to talk about is like, we want to be vulnerable because it's important. It's how we connect as human. We have to be able to discern who it is safe for us to share with and who it's not and what level of things that we can share with certain people. But it takes risk. Yeah, it does. But I think 
right? There's, there's a way to ease yourself into something, right? And into a relationship with someone. So the, the issue that I used to run into, and I've seen people do a lot, is you just jump off the deep end, right? It's somebody asks, hey, how's your relationship with your mom? And you just go all in, oh, yada, 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 or, oh, it's the best, but my dad, right? Like anytime that you can share something that has any space of hurt or not perfection cookie cutter, right? If it's an unsafe person, that's going to become a narrative about you that now everybody knows and now is twisted or even it's just maybe like unhelpful for that person to know because they're not at a space to be healthy to receive you right and it's there's there's this girl in college that would always ask every single question she could ever think of to ask to me um and eventually i realized it had nothing other than to do with that she wanted to see that she was better than me and doing better than i was right she wanted to know the answers to these questions or to ask how i was thinking or feeling about this or that or this person or that person strictly because she was insecure and she just wanted to make sure that she was at least better than me, right? That she was at least better than somebody else, right? And if she wasn't, then she was going to make everyone else not like me enough, right? To make her be higher, right? And so I think like it can be kind of vague when we talk about these safe people or when we talk about, right, people's energy. But I think what it like the very practically comes into is right is somebody interacting with you in a way that is out of compassion um or are they interacting with you in a way um that's out of judgment right like are they trying because if you if you think through that right if you're in a situation and it's like this person's just kind of riddling off questions or this person's just trying to feed the gossip train It feels different than somebody coming to you with compassion. And I will say there's a lot of times people come to me and I think it's compassion and man, they have learned how to manipulate the hell out of people. And it's strictly there just to make drama and just so they can get a little bit more information out of you. And that's, I I would say where the risk comes in, right? Is right. Like you don't need to, you don't need to share just for the sake of letting somebody in. Like I think, the the space to protect yourself in these situations is to share only whenever it's incredibly necessary, right? And it's after you've processed on your own, right? Because I think what I ran into is I would share the same situation five or six times to five or six different people. It's like only one really needed to know to help bear my soul. And then maybe if I, maybe if I didn't feel like that was enough, right? If I could feel maybe like, Hey, I I need more. I need to, I need to process this more. Maybe, maybe add in one other person at a time, but shotgun blasting my story to six people and then expecting every single one of them to foster that well and to care for me well and to interpret me well. Right. It's just not how it works. Yeah. And I think, well, first off, I want to say thank you for sharing that and being open about that. I think we've all either experienced or have experienced that. And it feels like when we when we do that, when we take that approach of just like blasting out a shell to like all the people, we're like desperately, and I don't say that in a judging way. I say that in a, we're in so much pain and hurt and feeling so lost that we just need someone to understand us and someone to see us and someone to get us. But what we really need is to understand ourselves, to see ourselves, 
to get ourselves. And the risk is when you send out that message to six different people, you know, five of them can come back validating you and telling you it's okay to feel what you feel. But when that one person, because of the headspace you're in, when that one person comes back and does not respond in a positive way, it's going to spiral you. You're going to latch on to that one thing that that one person said. And this happens to every human that exists in the world. So I think I I would challenge one thing that you said is like not sharing unless it's un, and completely necessary, like absolutely necessary. I think there's space in the gray and most things in life are gray. So it's like, if you first meet someone, should you share your whole life story? Probably not because people can come across in one way at that first impression. But after you interact with them, and I'm a firm believer of this at this point, four or five, six times, you know, you may not like the answer. You know, you may not like what you know. So it's like, go in, share a little bit, but like something that if they told the whole world, who fucking cares? Like, you know, it is what it is. It's your, it's vulnerable. It's real. It's true, but it's not, you know, your deepest hurt or pain that they can then use against you do you because of their own hurt and their own pain, right? But then it's also being mindful of like paying attention to people and what they talk about. If people in your space are talking about other people to you, they're likely talking about you to other people. If they're very negative and you can just hear, and I can't be around people like this anymore, there's a difference between being vulnerable and open and real and just being negative. And if they're being very negative, then that's something that like, I can't, I can't be around personally or the other extreme. Like I've been to churches where, and I think this is one of the biggest issues in the church, in my opinion, where, you know, when you're open and vulnerable and you're honest about what you're feeling, they say things like, well, just let go and let God, clearly you're not trusting God enough. Like just so many judgmental things that are not helpful and also not loving like at all. It's just not loving. And so if people are just always optimistic and always positive and they won't share what the hell is really going on with them, those are the two black and white sides. I just avoid, like, I just like, nope, not going to do that. I go back to center, but over time we, we can tell and we will know it's just about trusting yourself. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And I think maybe to say it in a different way, right? To only share if it's incredibly necessary, if you aren't in that trusting position with somebody, right? Like I think, right, a lot of times whenever I maybe overshare with somebody who's been unsafe, it's because I haven't personally put in the work to process it internally first, right? Mm, Like it's, I think the times when you shotgun for me, right? It's because I haven't written about it. I haven't journaled. I haven't processed. I haven't slowed down, right? This whole concept that we're talking about is we kind of overdose our brains with dopamine and instant gratification and praise and affirmation of you're doing the right thing. You're on the right track, right? And it's because right? we just want to have some sort of glimpse of, hey, I'm doing it right and I'm not crazy. Um, and at the end of the day, right, if we don't come to that reality in of our, ourselves, right, like we're not going to get fulfillment from that, from other people, from the outside, right? Like people can affirm and can help, but it's still at the end of the day, I'm going to go home. I'm going to be alone. I'm going to go to sleep, even if it's next to my wife and I'm going to, 
to revert back to maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm crazy. Right. Even if all day long I've been getting praise. And so I think one of the biggest things that makes somebody unsafe or safe in this, in this context is that we're sharing things that maybe weren't ever going to be safe to share in the first place because we hadn't processed them enough. And, and maybe that's not true. Right. Again, like, I think it's all a journey of understanding and figuring out like what we actually need, what we're looking for, what we want from people. But I think it's like slowing down and at least getting to an understanding of that yourself first of like, what is it that I want from a conversation? Like, why is it that I want to share this? Like, what am I looking for? Right. Helps us to understand when to cut a conversation because, hey, this isn't good for me. It's not safe or understand hey, I need to really share this because it's something I need in this moment. It's something my body is telling me, hey, I need to go forward into. Yeah, I think that I meant to go back to that when you made that point earlier. Yes, I think it's incredibly of the most vital importance for us to go inward. Now, we may not go inward, and this is going to vary depending on certain people and their views and their life and their experiences. We may go talk to our best friend and then go inward. Or for external processors, it may be like I'm processing with someone and I'm able to click, things click as that processing's happening. But regardless, you have to stop. You have to go inward. You have to go and slow down. And I think the the big issue that we have in our society is not just instant gratification. Like we want a pill to fix stuff. And like, that's not how this works. Like you can't take a pill and heal from just the trauma of living in a life like you can't do that like we're we're in these bodies around a bunch of other fallible humans in bodies so we can't get that instant gratification but more than that we look to other people to provide only what we can provide to ourselves if you have a fear of being abandoned the person you really are afraid is going to abandon you is yourself If you have a fear of not being heard, of being misunderstood, the person you're really afraid is not going to see you or hear you or understand you is yourself. And if you have those fears, it's because you have abandoned yourself. You have, at times, not listened to yourself. You have doubted yourself. You have questioned yourself. And so the first step is like looking at the little part of you. So like a lot of times I imagine this is like, my four-year-old self. And I have a picture of my four-year-old self sometimes that I'll look at and I'll be like, I am so sorry. I am sorry that I abandoned you in this situation. I love you. I'm here for you. Please forgive me. I'm going to try not to do that again. What do you need to tell me? And then a lot of times in your head, it's not like the picture starts talking to you, right? That would be really weird. But in your head, you can hear, well, man, right now, I just want someone to tell me they love me. Well, that's when I get to be the parent to myself and say, I love you. I'm not going anywhere. And it's okay if you don't believe that right now. It's okay if you don't trust that right now, because I'm going to show you over time. Man, that's so good. That's so good. I think like my, my question to you and all of that, right. Is, is what, what, what finally gets you over, over the hump, right. Of feeling like you're not powerful enough to do some of these things to to go internal to to call out and to not show up to friends things because of somebody that's unsafe right all these things take a lot they feel uncomfortable they feel maybe like oh it's not that big of a deal right like how how does somebody who's kind of sitting there not feeling 
like they can like they're strong enough to do these things right like the reason they share with somebody that's unsafe is because it's all they can do is speak the words they don't have any energy to do anything else and, and they keep on getting smacked down smacked down right what are the first steps to start to kind of get out of the funk here yeah. So there's a lot of things here. And one is I would say that the energy is actually being blocked and tied down and being drained from you because of all the people that you're around, which is like, that's, that's the part of it is, and there's a quote and I don't know the quote and I just went to look it up and kind of felt at that, but it's basically how the the risk and the pain it takes to remain tight in a bud is nothing compared to the beauty of basically blossoming. So it it's harder to stay tight in that butt, to stay tight in your scripts, to stay tight in those situations that you shouldn't be in. It's more painful. And if you're feeling like you don't have the energy, if you're feeling like you can't do it, it's because you're in that deep, deep, deep pain. And your life is going to keep bringing you that deep pain until you choose to honor yourself and to liberate yourself. Because we're all looking for freedom and peace, but we can only do that for ourselves. So it's a decision point. It's literally a decision point. And then slowly, one step at a time, one decision at a time is what we talked about earlier on. How do I feel right now? What do I really need right now? Oh, shit, I went to that dinner and I shouldn't have. Let me look at my little girl inside of me, ask her how she feels that I made that decision and be with myself. Hold those feelings. Let them be there. Witness them almost like they're on a television screen. So you don't become that feeling. You're just witnessing it as if it's your kid or a friend of yours sharing what they're going with, what they're going on with. But I think that goes back to the very beginning of this, which is like safe or unsafe people. You cannot truly be safe for someone else if you're not truly safe for yourself. So you have to be able to hold safe space. And that means to be able to sit in hard feelings where someone else is uncomfortable where you may also feel uncomfortable without trying to fix it because we just need people in it with us and our little younger selves, that person that's hurt or upset inside of us, they just need us to be with them. They don't need us to fix it. They just need us to hear them, listen to them, care about them, and then start taking one slow step at a time in the right direction of honoring ourselves. Yeah. And and I think that's where, right? The beauty of having people around you that are safe, right? Like if you do find those people, it's that they're able to show you examples of what that looks like, right? Like, and that's why, right? Like we don't, we don't want to do this life alone. We don't want to do it isolated. Like we are very social beings, right? Is, it's because there's people around us that, that have, have the ability to show us what it looks like to, to get out of our own head, to get out of that trap child mentality and to, to go for more. Right. And so I think, I think that is, that is the man, that is the challenge of it all is right. It's worth the risk to find somebody that can, can help you see and create the language around a healthier life, a healthier you, like a more stable you, like, while all the time still working on that internal child, right? Like, still being there for them, right? Being that for that child. Um, Yeah. And what comes in for me too, as, as you say, that is something that I think is a brain hack that we need to all do. Our brains are wired to keep us safe. 
And so it tells us a lot of shit that's not true <laughs> in the event to keep us safe. Or they tells us stuff that may be true in the past, but isn't true in the current situation, right? So what I'd recommend doing is just start looking for proof. You don't have to do anything besides looking for proof. You're asking your brain, show me proof of people that can stand in their knowing, that can say no to going out to these events, that can quit these jobs, that can stop talking to their family and they're still safe or they're still loved or they're still not alone. Like whatever it is that comes up for you. And maybe right now that's Brock and Nicole. Maybe we're the examples you have. Those are examples. And if you put your brain on the task for looking for those examples, you'll see them more and more and more. And then over time, your nervous system starts to believe it's possible for you as well. Yeah, I I mean, that's it. I got nothing else, man. I think, <laughs> I think it's this idea, right? Like kind of my last thought here is that, right? Um, it's a strange example, but um, <clears throat> I was just going through Instagram reels and, you know, who even knows if any of these little facts and quotes are real. But um, there was one talking about NASA back in the 60s were trying to hire more geniuses. And so they went out and they're trying to figure out what makes somebody a genius. They had the psychologist go out and do studies and, and they looked at children, right? And it was like children two to four. It's like 98% of them qualified as a genius. Um, then they went from like four to eight and then it was down 30%. It's like, wow, only 68% of these kids now qualify as geniuses. They looked at them in teenage years. Now it's down to five to 10 in adulthood. It's, it's like fractions of a percentage. And so one of the hypotheses that came out of that was that as we age, right, we're de-incentivized to use our imagination to trust ourselves to solve a problem because the way that they quantified somebody as a genius is they're able to use their imagination to solve complex problems, right? That they've never seen before. And so, right. As we get older, as we experience trauma, as we, um, yeah, look for affirmation or found lacking as, as we just lose trust in ourselves, we lose just the idea that we can do it, right? The idea that we are enough, the idea that, you know, like that I, that I have value, right? And that tangibly in that experience, like played off with what they would say your intellect. But I think internally, it just plays off as you can easily start to see yourself as isolated, see yourself as alone, see yourself as like all of these negative things were like that you're talking about. Like uh, we all know those people that are just so pessimistic and negative about themselves. And that's like the extreme, right? Like that I think if not ad addressed and understood, right, a lot of people will end up at, right? Like you become that old jaded old person sitting on the couch yelling at everybody, right? Like, but I think, man, tapping back into what makes that childhood brain so special and beautiful um, and tapping back into what does it look like for me to live in full freedom and peace with myself, like <laughs> allows me to, to be a safe person for myself and then to share that with the community that's around me. Yeah, absolutely. 
It's very true. I think that there's a truth to viewing the world through childlike eyes and childlike wonder and childlike excitement. Like we forget to do that because we're stuck in all the hustle and bustle. And part of that is the systems we're in trying to repress our creativity and trying to control us, right? And so the easiest way to do that is start when they're young, when they're in school, right? And we start imprinting those systems into them, which is a whole different episode for a whole different topic for a whole different day. Um, But as we wrap up, I did find that quote. And the quote is, and the day came when the risk to remain tied in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. And so I think that's the thing that it goes back to is like, are you going to keep doing the same thing because you're afraid of being alone or are you going to be there for yourself and step out and blossom to who you truly are and risk that the universe meets you there, that people meet you there, that that vibrational energy becomes matched instead of you being pulled down by those that you're around. Yeah. I think that's how we end it. I think, right. This idea that. Not only is there a time where it changes, but it's always more painful to be the butt. Like it's all like it, it's always more painful to not evolve into it. Um, yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's all for today, guys. Thanks for joining us, and we will be back probably the week after Thanksgiving. So you probably will not get an episode for us next week on Thanksgiving, but you may, who knows? I may decide to record something, but more than likely not. And please don't forget to subscribe to the Energetic Pathway podcast and share it with all of your friends. Bye guys. See you guys.